Sammy. Yo, what's up, son? Okay, Sammy. <laughs> I think you're going to um, open it that way. I enjoy it. <laughs> Yo! Welcome to my summer layer. I'm your host, Sammy. Sometimes I think about napping. Yunan. Welcome back, actor and stand-up comedian Dave Merhaj to the program. He's here with director Rachel Lambert to chat about their new film, Sometimes I Think About Dying, opening in cinemas across North America. Daisy Ridley, who you know from the Star Wars movies, the recent ones, plays Fran, and sometimes she thinks about dying. Fran works in a deadpan office, although even when she's at work, she's not always there. She's in her head a lot. The character study of this movie, it deepens when Dave shows up. He plays Robert, and he's all excited to join her office. He likes Thai food. Their connection prompts her to sometimes think about life, especially as the two start dating. Where nothing used to happen, now something's happening. Because sometimes I think about dying is set in an office environment, Dave shares a special story about the object he brought to the set and he placed on his desk. If you go see Sometimes I Think About Dying, you can look out for that when he sits at his cubicle. And Rachel offers a unique takeaway that involves eye contact. I'm not entirely comfortable doing that, but her insight is bang on. Like the movie Sometimes I Think About Dying, what follows is a simple conversation in complex times. Sound, the final frontier. My Summer Lair is an enterprise, a pop culture voyage with a continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new creators and celebrate established producers, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now here is your host, Sammy Yunan. I have a confession. So in doing research for this, uh, I'm preparing for this interview, I think Google got a little concerned about my mental health because some of the searches when I plopped in, like, sometimes I think about dying, they would give me like these kind of like mental health <laughs> results, which is, yeah. which is funny because this is a movie more about life than it is about death, isn't it? Yes, that's well put. So in sometimes I think about dying, there's a wonderfully awkward scene where this uh, small but like... Uh, mighty department goes in a circle basically and they introduce themselves and they're sharing a bit of who they are uh, since she's not here like Rachel like if this was my first day on the job how would you describe Fran to me like what's interesting about Fran who's played by Daisy Ridley I would say Fran handles a lot of our um, you know she manages and coordinates a lot of our deliverables internal accounting ordering you know a lot of keeping the things inside the company going you know a lot of not an office manager but you know she she makes sure that all the internal needs are being served and that um all the departments are coordinated and getting all the resources they need she's like facilitates stuff as a coordinator and so that's her job so then to you as a director then how would you describe the character because she's kind of complex it's kind of interesting okay so that's a different question yeah um so the interpretation of her is um I think she's somebody with a lot of potential energy and a lot of potential um, emotion that sits, I think, quite dormant inside of her. I think she very much wants to ignite that energy. I think she wants to spend it. Um, But how to move from such a 
um, busy, full self and, and meet the world around you when that world can feel a little mysterious or distant or confusing or even sometimes maybe even antagonistic, I think it's it's very scary then uh, to, to try to make a first step towards that world around you. Um, it can feel intimidating. I think intimidating is exactly how she feels. She's, so it's, if you have that much going on inside and you're not sure where to spend it outside of you, well, then you're going to retreat in mm-hmm. to a more comfortable, safe place like your imagination, your mind. And there you can experience and express quite a lot. And I think her dilemma is that she's spent so much of that self inside that she's only comfortable there, but she's only getting older. Life is only spinning forward. Time is only continuing to be spent. And that, so the tension around that discrepancy is only increasing as we meet her. That uh, the idea of like, like that internal life, like uh, Daisy in some Sundance interviews talked about she had recorded some voiceovers. And I was like curious why like you chose not to go in that direction and like to give us a little bit more of a clue or like a little tour, I guess, of what was kind of going in her head. Okay, so you're, you're two questions. You're wondering what went into the decision to not have voiceover and then you're also wondering like what's going on inside her. No, like that was main, my main question. Like, so if she recorded the voiceovers, why did you end up not doing them? Like considering this is like uh, a movie about her internal struggles, as you said. Because I don't like voiceover. Okay. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not cinematic. Yeah. Cinema's about the image. That works, yeah. And Dave, you play Robert, who likes Thai food and doesn't seem to know what a stapler remover was. Uh, no, I knew, uh, you know, I knew what it was. But, uh, you know, to be honest with you, yeah, maybe sometimes I don't, depending on what the shape of it is. Um, But that moment I knew I was I was uh, riffing, as they say. Mm -hmm. That was a lot of the what Rachel kind of gave all of the cast, like in the office, right? Like a lot of opportunity to riff and to improv. Yeah. And to play around and like, you know, we got to know each other. You know, the more I felt we knew each other. Um, it felt organic, but also felt like you got to see each person's personalities come out and then it allowed them to play. And um, I don't think that happens all the time. I don't think I, I'm very like blessed to meet these people and kind of connect with them as quickly as it felt, you know, because a lot of times, you know how it is, bro. You, you can't really, really can't, you know, sometimes somebody you don't get along with and then you, but everybody got along and everybody was willing to play. And it just, I think as you saw, as you see now in the film, it created this, uh, these special moments. Mm-hmm. And like Dave, you're on stage energy when you're doing your stand up. It's like very manic. Uh, you have a lot of energy on stage. Your character of Robert was a lot more subdued, a lot more chill. Like, was that a part of the appeal of the, of the role as much as like riffing and playing around? I mean, the whole script was the appeal, um, Rachel, Daisy, um, just the story. But I mean, I had taken like, you know, I, I was filming uh, this TV show called Rami. And I, and I remember before we started filming this the, uh, season one, I, I took acting classes in um, um, this place called Film Club. Uh, and he had tied my hands. He had had this thing where he... <laughs> He didn't tie him, but he said, I need you to do a scene with your hands behind your back. 
And I was like, oh, I don't know, man. And then I, there was another student in the class that's like, yeah, I know you move your hands and you do this thing, but there's a lot of stuff with your eyes that you're not like. So I, some of the class, the teacher, uh, Yesin is the, is the, is the teacher they were, they were introducing to me. And I, so I was aware of that like four years ago. Like I know how my stage persona is and I know how, you know, you, I can't really necessarily carry that over if it doesn't make sense for the character. Mm -hmm. And Rachel allowed you to like bring personal items or like to decorate your desk uh, in your own kind of vibe. What did you bring or what did you add to your desk to make it your more Robert-y desk, I guess? I had, uh, you know, there was one key thing that like, you know, it was like a celebratory thing in a sense, but um, a friend of mine had passed away, like, I would say maybe like five years ago. And I had found, my sister had found his picture of me and him when we were like young, like I would say in college, when I was in college. And um, we would talk about me doing stand up. He'd come see me do stand up very early on. And I just thought it was very like, I don't know. I want, it, it, it felt like, you know. Uh, like obviously I, I I miss him and it was just like I'm gonna bring this and you know put it because he he's so special and you know his I remember his laugh uh, he <laughs> laughed like I remember I remember I bombs so bad at a show and we were walking around our neighborhood and he goes uh, I think he goes man I find you funny I just remember that through my like sulking that we were walking and he goes man i find you funny and i just thought he was such a beauty man he was such a beautiful um soul beautiful laugher uh somebody who you know if you you engage with as a friend he's got your back like truly has your back people say that they're going to be there for you um aaron um was there for me uh, anytime is the same way I was there for him. So that picture, when my sister showed it to me, I was like, I have to bring this. When when Rachel um, presented that idea. That's a cool story. Um, and it's also interesting too, Rachel, because like sometimes I think about dying is a bit out of time. Like you shot it during the pandemic when most of us were not going to the office. And now post-pandemic, we're still trying to figure out like what to do with the office or how to go back to the office in the work environment. Was that part of the, like the conscious commentary in terms of like making this movie? No, um, not at all. Actually, it was more that it's a perfect it's a perfect stage to dramatize a lot of the things we were talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I certainly embraced that. It was in the script, of course, um, that they worked in an office as opposed to any other kind of location, and so it was just trying to. Um, harvest that space for as much opportunity to pay attention to humanity, human behavior, human interaction, human detail. Like how could it be a a really perfect stage to, to investigate human behavior, human beings. They're so strange and funny. And, and I, I really like paying attention to them um, in that way. And um so I, I guess it became an opportunity to focus on character and behavior in the way that I wanted to. Um, and certainly the fact that it's a work environment that's familiar mm-hmm. to a lot of people offered, certainly I could anticipate offered a lot of connection for a variety of audiences, you know, and that that's always appealing. Um, not always appealing, I guess, but it was appealing here. Because 
all the other aspects of it, the story, were so idiosyncratic and specific to this individual, to situate her in a space like that felt like uh, an invitation for lots of different people to find themselves in this world that could otherwise maybe be, be very distant from them. Yeah, this idea of distance, like in a Sundance interview, Rachel, you said when somebody was asking you about the expectations and the reactions you want to have sometimes, I think, about dying, you said, I want people to make eye contact on the train ride home or at the coffee shop the next morning. Like, eye contact yeah. on the train is kind of hard. Can you just expand a little bit on that? I want people to see everyone around them as human beings, not just an object that's on a seat across from them that just happens to be there that's dismissible. Mm -hmm. Every single individual has got a public self and a private self. Every individual, you know, you might see some person, that, yes, that we're all individuals, we're all human beings. And that's that's definitely what that means. But also to give oneself the opportunity to, to see more around them than just more furniture, mm -hmm. you know, that I think that if, if we are curious and invested in what's around us, if we actually give a shit about what we see, who we see, what we taste, what we touch, well, then we're much more, we're giving ourselves that, aren't we? We're giving ourselves the chance to actually live the day as opposed to survive it. Yeah, you're talking about actually like thriving more than just kind of going through the routines and like, you know what I mean? Like connection. Yeah, too. the world's right there every single day. Every single day it's right there. All right. Thank you guys for like hanging out. Dave, this is amazing. No, thank you, bro. Yeah. Good seeing you. Yeah. Um, I'll give you, you know, a high five next time I see you. For sure, and we look alike. You know what I mean? It helps. So. <laughs> yeah. We would have been the guys in the office where they couldn't tell us apart. Right? You know what I mean? That would be your shit. Yeah. yeah. Would that would be your shit. We were the office twins, right? So Yeah. Mm -hmm. See if you were in the cast, that's what we would explore we would explore that. Yeah. So <laughs> all right. Best of luck, guys. And I hope that uh, as the movie continues to open up and connect with more audiences, people do take the time to uh make eye contact on the train after they leave. So it'll be interesting to see what yeah. happens. Yeah, I love that. Thanks so much for your time and attention. Yeah. Yo, that was Dave, the actor, and Rachel, the director of Sometimes I Think About Dying, and I'm Sammy, the host of My Summer Lair. There's a warm comfort to routine, isn't there? You can get things done. It's efficient. But sometimes a routine is not life. When you travel, you get up every morning with this awesome agenda. You're going to see these tourist spots. You're going to lunch at this incredible cafe. You're open to stories and you're seeking adventure. It's the total opposite of routine. It's the total opposite of 9 to 5. You work long enough, the cubicle just becomes a place where you spend a lot of time daydreaming. Sometimes I think about dying lingers because it's a human experience. We all go through those Motions at work. A routine is, is it's being numb. How do you set the alarm so you wake up once you've fallen asleep in the warm freedom of a safe life? You know, I'm reminded of those emails you get from work sometimes and it tells you how many years you have until you can retire and get the pension. 
Because part of you is like, oh my gosh, that's like 20 years from now or whatever, 30 years from now, and it just feels like it's so long. But part of you is also like, I want to do this for the next 20 or 30 years? Really? Sometimes I think about dying is now playing in most of the popular cities in North America. If you're seeking an intimate film, a slow burn of emotions, check your local listings. I'll put the link in the show notes. And if you're seeking a spark because your routine has become dull, then sign up for my Palsami, a pop culture newsletter. TV recommendations, new book smell, weird cultural connections. It's all happening. Sign up at mysummerlayer.com slash subscribe or Google my pal Sammy Substack. mysummerlayer.com slash subscribe or my pal Sammy Substack. Google knows what you're talking about. Thank you so much for hanging out with me in a Netflix world. Life, yo.